Chapter Twelve of Lancashire Characters and Places by Thomas Newbigging. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Irwell. Men may come and men may go, but I go on for ever. Tennyson. The river Irwell takes its rise in Cliviger, in a large tract of moorland to the right of and including Durplay Hill the whole of which at one time constituted a part of the forest of rossendale it would appear that in the earlier years of the reign of edward the fourth the meres marking the boundary between cliviger and the forest had been wrongfully extended into baycock booth and although the proprietors of the latter during the reign of elizabeth instituted a suit for the recovery of this part of the common a prescriptive right was established against them harrison in his description of england remarks the irwell is a notable water which riseth above bacop and goeth thence to rossendale and on the way to aytonfield it taketh in water from hasledon after this confluence it goeth to newhall randlesham bury and above radcliffe joineth the ratch water a fair stream being therefore past these two our irwell goeth on to clifton holland edgecroft strangeways and to manchester where it uniteth with the irk that runneth thereinto by royton middleton eaton hill and blakely beneath manchester also it meeteth with the medlock that cometh thither from the north-east side of oldham and between clayton and garret hills and so between two parks falling into it about holm thence our irwell goeth forth to woodsall wickleswick eccles barton and denelham it falleth near unto flixton into the water of the mersey irk irwell medlock and tame when they meet with the mersey do lose their name if cliviger can claim the high honour of giving birth to the irwell so rossendale is surely foster parent to the nursling and who shall compass the honour of being the parent and nurse of that stream which while yet a mere stripling has performed more work than a hundred rivers of greater pretensions and which ere it has discharged its vexed and darkened waters into the mersey has accomplished labours only paralleled by those recorded in fable of the mighty hercules of old fitting emblem of true greatness it springs from its parent bed on the bleak hillside no enchanting scenery distinguishes the place of its rise it is the sole fruitful offspring of a sterile and uninviting tract of country neither throughout its whole course does it meander through delicious wildernesses of rural beauty fringed by overhanging foliage or embroidered with wide-reaching acres of velvet lawn far other scenes the bounteous river affects the abodes of men the forests of piled stones where labour lives and thrives and where the incense of vulcan's fires continually ascends where the busy hammer is heard to reverberate where the endless whirr of the spindle and the unceasing tumult of the loom with all their generous produce bring gladness to the pale mechanic's hearth and light up with cheerful glow the humble fireside of the thrifty operative having more of the useful than the ornamental in its composition the irwell is a noble workaday river with smutty face winning the children's bread in the immediate vicinity of the irwell springs is the ancient track called the limer's gate now so overgrown with bent grass and brown heath as scarcely to be distinguished from the other parts of the moor 
this is one of the most ancient roads in the locality and in past times was a favourite route from the west across the country to the adjoining counties the first mention of the irwell is to be found in the charter of brandwood by roger de lacy about the year twelve hundred with respect to the origin of the name opinions differ mr whitaker the historian of manchester states that the irwell springs from a double fountain near the upper part of a hill between broadclough and holme that it carries its waters on the western side of mancenian and was therefore denominated ear gale irwell irwill or the western torrent this explanation is plausible and is worthy of consideration in any investigations as to the origin of the name dr whitaker the historian of wally entirely differs from the conjectures of his namesake and he elaborately endeavours to prove that the word is deduced from a nearer and less venerable source than the british language he states that air in the semi-saxon dialect of this neighbourhood is hoar used as a substantive and very high grounds which are often grey with sleet or hoar-frost while the meadows and pastures beneath remain unsprinkled are said to be in the air now this remark is strikingly verified in Durplay Hill, which many times in every winter presents a hoary head, while the lowlands of Rossendale retain their native brown. Airwell, therefore, is the spring in the air. The neighbouring Whitewell probably derives its name from the same circumstance, and the very next elevation northwest of Durplay Hill in ancient charters, for the present coarse orthography of the word rests on no authority is styled Haw or Hawlaw. History of Wally, 3rd edition, page 226. This is an ingenious reasoning, but not altogether convincing. The quality of whiteness in winter is by no means peculiar to Durplay, but is probably more or less common to every lofty elevation in the United Kingdom, and that this occasional white appearance of the hilltop, which would surely be neither unusual nor unexpected in the winter season, should be the cause of the origin of the name is not satisfactorily demonstrated had the crown or summit of durplay hill retained its white appearance all the year round the argument might have been indisputable but the whiteness is by far the exception and not the rule the neighbouring stream whitewell and horlaw hill certainly give weight to the argument of the learned historian but the coincidence may be accidental nevertheless but further in a deed in the possession of mr whitaker of broadclough of the time of henry the seventh and to which reference is made by mr baines in his history of lancashire volume three page two hundred and seventy five the name of the adjacent hill is spelt harlaw head and not hawlaw head thus harlaw head alias vocat bake-up booth also there is another vaccary called harley head otherwise called backup booth late in firm at eight pound thirteen shillings and fourpence by year is now letten to lawrence lord alexander lord john whiteacre and christopher tattersall for eleven pound year ex pair w tusser the following is the account of the origin of the name irwell in mamcestra edited by the late mr john harland f s a volume one page nine the Irwell from Ur, Welsh, fresh, vigorous, and Gwili, Welsh, a name for river, as the Gwili in Carmarthenshire, 
properly that which turns or winds, a winding stream. In composition, Gwili loses the initial G. Other derivations have been suggested, as for instance that the name may have reference to the Chief Justice in Heir of the Forest. 2. The Higher Well, afterwards changed to Iowell, as contradistinguished from the Lower Well, the two together constituting the double fountain spoken of by Mr. Whitaker, the historian of Manchester. 3. The more poetical one, that it may have been named after the fabulous nymph of Arcadia, Hyrie, who, it is said, in lamentation for the loss of her son, dissolved into a fountain. Hypothetical as these are, any of them, in my judgment, is more probable than the derivation given by Dr. Whitaker. There can be so little of certainty in any investigations concerning the origin of the name, and so much room for doubt and contention, seeing that the materials for forming an opinion are scarce and inadequate, that I have no desire to dogmatise on the subject, or unnecessarily to dispute the conclusions of previous writers thereon. These, however, are so unsatisfactory that I hope to be excused for stating an impression which I entertain, that the name is, after all, one which has been handed down to us from our earliest British ancestors. I am fully sensible of the deficiencies of the argument, and of my own inability to deal authoritatively with the question, and it is with some diffidence that I advance it at all, but it is not less plausible than those already put forward, and it may serve to awaken a degree of interest on a subject which perhaps has not received the attention it deserves. Air is the name of one of the ancient Celtic deities, who is commemorated in such words as Aldera, Aldean, Strathera, Strathdean, and Strathian. This word is probably also the origin of the name Aera for Ireland, and not Eirin, as generally supposed. Celtic Gleanings by the Reverend T. McLaughlin, A.M., F.S.A.S., page 130. In the green at Glasgow, there is a celebrated well or spring, popularly known to the inhabitants as Ern's or Arn's well, which no doubt has reference to the same mythical deity. Is it too much to suppose that Aya in Iowell or Irwell is from the like source? But again, in the charter of Robert de Lacey, in which the first mention of the river occurs, the name is not spelt Irwell or Iowell, but Iowill. In the Celtic language, Wilt, pronounced Will or Wilch, the T at the end of the word having the liquefied sound of Ch in Christian, is a mountain stream, a brook, a river. The conclusion, then, to which we are naturally led is, first, that we are not necessarily indebted to its source for the name of the river. It is by no means essential that we should trace a stream to its rise in order to arrive at the origin of its name. Secondly, that the prefix er or ayer has reference to the ancient British deity of that name. Third, that will, wilt, is the Celtic word for stream. It therefore requires no violent effort of the imagination to believe that the river which takes its rise on Durplay Hill was dedicated to and designated after the British deity, era or ayer, that it was known as Iowill, the stream of the god, and that the name has survived to the present time. Michael Drayton, in his Polyolbion, published in 1622, 
reciting the contest that took place between the Irwell and the Ribble as to which of those floods deserved to have their sovereign due, of the neat Lancastrian nymphs for beauty that excel, makes the lovely Airwell say, Note, as from my fountain I towards mightier Mersey float, first roach, a dainty rill from Rochdale, her dear dam, who honoured with the half of her stern mother's name, grows proud, yet glad herself into my banks to get, which spodden from her spring, a pretty rivulet, as her attendant brings, when Irk adds to my store, and Medlock, to their much by lending somewhat more, at Manchester do meet, all kneeling to my state, where brave I show myself, then with a prouder gait, towards Mersey making on, great chapmoss at my fall, piles full of turf and marl, her unctuous mineral, and blocks as black as pitch, with boring augers found, there at the general flood supposed to be drowned. Thus chief of Mersey's train, away with her I run, when in her prosperous course she watereth Warrington, and her fair silver load in Leopool down doth lay, a road none more renowned in the Virgivian sea. Ye lusty lasses then in Lancashire that dwell, for beauty that are said to bear away the bell, your country's hornpipe, ye so mincingly that tread, as ye the egg-pie love and apple-cherry red, in all your mirthful songs and merry meetings tell, that Irwell every way doth ribble far excel. A transformation in the charms of the river has taken place since the poet sang the praises of the lovely Irwell, and whatever the circumstances may have been in the past, the man to-day would be a false witness who declared that Irwell every way doth ribble far excel. The scurvy way in which the Irwell has been treated all these years is enough to make it dry up its waters and retire to cavernous depths. Vex not the spirit of the stream. Why not a spirit in the waters as well as in these dull clods of mortal bodies of ours? There is a spirit, we can hear it speak, and it looks out at us with a thousand appealing eyes. End of chapter 12